Heidi Ho, good neighbors. Welcome to Kafaru Cast. Uh, you're listening to the same two people you have been, Frank and Aaron. So I'll probably eventually stop saying that or have Frank say it. This uh, is Frank and Aaron. Hi. <laughs> and uh, today we're going to do a couple things. We're going to do the, the, the Kafaru Cast has gone so well. Um, we can't keep up with the emails uh, thanking us with, you know, different questions, things like that. Uh, we're going to do a giveaway. Um uh, and it, the giveaway is going to be of a prototype pack that I can't talk about because I don't even know if we're going to come out with it. But it's super cool. Bender brought it down. It is it is the first. Um, it may not be the final um, version of it, I guess. It, it is the first and we may or may not come out with it. But either way, to enter the giveaway, all you need to do is leave a review up on iTunes. Um, and all we're going to do is anyone from the beginning of the podcast until two weeks from now. Um, we'll be in the drawing and it'll just be one prize, this prototype pack. And hopefully by that time, we'll know if we're actually going to come out with it. And then we can just say, Hey, we're not coming out with it, but you got a super cool pack or this is what we're coming out with. And you'll be the first one you, you've, you've got the first one ever made. So if you want to enter to win, get on iTunes and, uh, review, um, you know, Kafaru cast and Frank, is that all we need to do? Well, if you leave us a bad review, you're not going to win. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Frank has a point. Frank probably may be joking. I'm not. Don't leave us a bad review. No, I'm just kidding. Um, and then uh, also we're going to do today uh, is, is Q&A because we cannot keep up with Q&A. Um, there's just too many questions coming in, um, which is good. We, we like that. It's just we're going to need to knock them out a little bit more than maybe we thought. Uh, so today's podcast is going to be another Q&A section. So, uh, Frank, why don't you start off? Okay, so um, from several people, I've gotten questions about budget clothing and budget optics. Um, not everybody can afford the Sitka First Light um, Cryptex stuff. So a lot of people wanted to know if you can't afford the top end, what are the other options? Um, <clears throat> for me, a lot of this stuff probably won't be hunting, necessarily hunting brands, uh, but it is sort of technical clothing. And stuff we've mentioned in the past. So for pants, stuff like the Prana Zions, um, cool, cool renegade, cool renegades, um, Eddie Bauer uh, guide pants, stuff like that. Those are all you know your your standard hiking brand pants, but they all work out pretty well. Um, I never had tried out the Prana Zions until you told me about them, and they've become one of my favorite pants to use. Um, whether we go, you know, hiking in the in the summer for. Uh, on these fishing trips or if we're going, you know, I even wore them hunt, hunting this year a couple of times. So those are some of my favorite pants. Um, as far as Merino tops, I don't know if you can necessarily find a budget Merino top, but minus um, 33, minus 33. Yeah. Minus 33 makes, or, uh, <laughs> wait for first light to go on sale at the end of the year. another <laughs> option. Yeah. Um, yeah, you can find them in a bargain case somewhere, but yeah. Uh, yeah, minus 33 is pretty dang good price. Merino every once in a while, you'll find a sale like REI on smart wool and icebreaker. So I've got a couple of those tops. Um, and also you can check out like camo fire and black Ovis. They have stuff on sale all the time. And sometimes it's like Sitka stuff and, and cryptech stuff. So I've, I've picked up some stuff there as well. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And that, and that is the one thing too, if you, if you, when you're looking at like, you know, budget, um, you know, gear or whatever, or clothing, excuse me. The one thing that I, I think is important people need to realize is, is what makes it budget, right? Just because it's cheaper doesn't mean it's sh shitty. Basically I, I can cuss now. It's my own podcast. Yeah. <laughs> it's our podcast. Um, and so you want to look at what, uh, the, 
that specific item is made of. I have to grab my chew because I dropped it. I will be right back. <laughs> Speaking of chew, you've uh, what is this like day seven on day, the grizzly? Day seven on the grizzly. I'm trying to wean myself uh, off of no Copenhagen for seven days. Good God Almighty! Um, but just because it's less expensive doesn't mean it's crappy. Um, you want to look at um, you know the the different material it's made from, and of course. If it's maybe a little more unknown, but the material is good, meaning let's say you go and you find, you know, some type of a, uh, like a polar fleece or a fleece top um, at, I don't know, Dick's Sporting Goods, I don't know, wherever. And it's like a neutral, like an olive drab type of a color and it's on sale 70% off at the end of the year. Um, you know, read the tag. And if that tag matches up something from one of the higher end hunting clothing uh, that you, that you liked, you know, that you tried on, maybe you couldn't afford. And it's, it's, you know, the same mixture, whether it be nylon, polyester, merino, wool, whatever. Um, and it fits good. That doesn't mean it's budget clothing. That just means you got a hell of a deal. Um, you're not buying shitty stuff. You're just buying stuff on sale. And the same goes for Sitka first light cryptic. I'm not going to mention the other K word. Um, you know, uh, any other scree gear, whatever, if, uh, if it's on sale, I mean, wait till the end of the year when everything gets cleaned out before the new year begins. Um, the, the other thing I would mention is footwear. Um, Sierra Trading Post. Sierra Trading Post is an amazing place to buy footwear. They have an insane return policy. So if, if, if there was any pl place, um, Zappos is good as well. But Sierra Trading Post, if you try one up, excuse me, try one on. Um, I used to wear um, a solo Sassalongs. And it took me three tries to get the fitting right. <laughs> I thought you were going to say the pronunciation. Hasselo, Sassalong. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, it, it took me three tries. They they were super cool. They returned them. Um, they, they took them, sent, sent new ones back, returned shipping labels in the box. Just a kick-ass company. So, you know, you get on there, you'll find Scarpas, Las Portivas, um, Asolo, Asolo, however you want to pronounce it, Laos. You'll find them on Sierra Trading Post. That is a great place to buy footwear. Um and I, I, other than that, I mean, it's hard to cover it without going into an entire podcast, but look for stuff on sale. Um, you know, look for what the blend is in each, you know, outer layer that you're, that you're wanting to buy. Um, you, you know, and I say that if you find a Cabela's Gore-Tex, uh, rain gear on sale, that's, that's a color that you don't mind. That's probably not too much different than a high dollar Gore-Tex jacket from a hunting company. It's just not going to be in the cool camo that everybody likes. Um, and, and again, Frank and I don't mind wearing solids. Um, you know, whether it means Sitka gear, whoever, um, you know, Piranha Zions, they don't make camo and we wear those more than anything. Yeah. Yeah. And just to double up on what you're saying, uh, this time of year is probably the best time of year to buy clothing. It's Black Friday's coming up. So um, taking advantage of all the sales is definitely going to be beneficial. No, for, for sure. So. Uh, you got another question. Um, well, budget optics was another one. So um, Swarovski and Leica and Zeiss uh, are super expensive. So um, other options available. Uh, we talk about this stuff from time to time, but Vortex and, and Maven also, along with their, you know, they have the Razor HD line and then the Maven B2s and they have their their elite line of, of glass, but they also have lower steps, steps down from those, um, which... I mean, for the for the money, if you can't afford some super expensive binos, I feel like they they have some options for you. Yeah, the so there's there's a Vortex Maven. Um, there's a Miopta is another great option. Um, 
I actually, I just, uh, I'm, I'm swapping over to Nikon D850 cameras and uh, doing that. I had questions talking to the rep. They're going to send me um, some of their like thousand dollar and less lines as well as their EDGs. I can't speak of those. I am super curious how they look because I've looked at the EDGs. I know those are good. Um, these other ones, I'm not so sure because I mean, really with um, like Maven and Vortex, the razors or the B2s, you're at roughly 1200 bucks let's say um which is still a, a chunk of change uh, i mean i don't i mean i ran i think everybody probably ran a nikon monarch or something of the like for 379 dollars at some point what'd you have before you had the <laughs> vortex razors uh i i think i bought some nikons and it came with a i think i bought a nikon rangefinder or maybe it was a bushnell rangefinder and it came with a set of shitty binos but hey, it worked for for a few years. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, I had Brunton Eternus, um, and then I had a set of Brunton Epochs. Um, I, I mean, I, you you, <laughs> you got to let a rip tater chip with the finance or the budget you have. And for me, until recently, you know, in the last few years, I didn't have much of a budget. So I ran um, a set of Nikon Monarchs for probably four years. Uh, I had Vortex Vipers for a while, uh, budget glass. I mean, I still killed stuff. Um, I wouldn't want a glass for mule deer for, you know, 10 hours a day with them, but I, that's, that's a great option. Again, that, that may be something Frank and I screw around with as time goes on. Cause we, we don't really mess with like that mid grade optic that when I say mid grade $400 for a lot of people is a crap load. I know it was for me, you know, yeah. single father, um, trying to pay child support. And when I had her daycare and food and I eat a lot, yeah, $400, I about came undone. I was like, this is like a little piece of gold when I bought them. Mm -hmm. And then now, I mean, we're both running, you know, two to $4,000 sets of optics. Um, so we may try to run some of the the lower cost models in a, in a, in a review and figure out what we like best. But um, man, I, I, I would have to give the edge. Uh, when I say edge, that, 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 that Maven B2 yeah, was was by far from what I've tested the 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 best for that price range. Sweet. What I, do you think, Frank? I no, I I feel the same way. Are you I, looking at your cell phone? No, I'm not. I was reading actually more questions. <laughs> no, I feel the same way. I um so I like I said I, had, I think I had those Bushnells and some some lower grade Nikon's and then I got some Vortex Viper HDs and then I got some Razor HDs from Vortex, um and then just recently got the Swarovski ELs. But um in that. I guess that mid-grade level, I really like those Maven B2s that, that you've been testing out. And I mean, the Razer HDs from Vortex are really nice as well, but I kind of give the edge to the to the Maven B2 also. Um, all right, so next question, completely unrelated. What bow sights are you guys using currently? So for, for me, um, I went from... Man, this is going to be a difficult one because there's goods and bads to all of them. I, I would say if you had to pick one bow sight, uh, as far as durability and everything else, um, the number one is going to be Spot Hog. Uh, number two would be Montana Black Gold. This is for the durability category. And number three uh, would be the, uh, the True Ball Excel. Um, if you're talking adjustability, um, I would put the... Montana Black Gold at actually probably number three as far as total adjustments and the True Ball probably at number one maybe the the Spot Hog at number one, um, 
And then uh, as far as pin durability, I would put True Ball at uh, number three, the uh, Montana Black Gold at number two, and the Spot Hog at number one. Really, if the zombies are coming, I'm putting a Spot Hog on my site. Um, if you the world's coming to an end, probably won't be using a bow anyway. <laughs> what if we ran out of bullets? I guess you have a point. I don't ever watch that. Um, what is that zombie TV show called anyway? I don't know. Walking Dead. Yeah, that's how can't you get like away from a walking away zombie? Away. That's what I want to know. Yeah, no kidding. Anyway. The fatties are the first to go. <laughs> yeah. okay, haven't you ever seen that zombie movie? Do cardio, right? You got to oh, stretch. Yeah. yeah. Number, Rule number one in zombie land. Cardio. Yeah. yeah. That's funny. Um, I, all I've ever, basically all I've ever used besides the very first bow that I got, which was that PSE um, stinger. It came with like a true glow sight. But ever since then, all I've ever used is spot hog. So I can't really speak to the other ones. But both of my bows right now have uh, spot hog, hog fathers on them. With seven pin, uh, seven pin setup, and they all have the uh, the small pins. What are those? The point zero one. Yeah, pins. you've got uh, point one zero, point zero one. You ding dong. Point one zero. Same thing. Um, the one I have right now has got point one nines for the first two, and then point one zeros after that. Sweet. All right. Let's see here. Okay, so we talked about bows in the last. Uh, podcast on what our setups were, but someone wants to know about your trad bow setup, something I have no idea about. Oh, um, man, that's a difficult one. I ha- I'm shooting the one I have right now is a rampart. Um, and that that's made by poison dart custom. And, uh, I don't know if he's going to continue making recurves, Rocky mountain specialty gear. Um, it's kind of a partnership with them. I, I don't know exactly what's going on with that. The bow, I mean, I love the bow. It's great. I, I don't know exactly what's going to happen if they're going to continue building the recurves or just stick with the long boy, bows, but uh, Poison Dart Custom. Now, last year I shot a, a Hoyt Buffalo, um, and then uh, there's a, a bow my, my buddy Brian Broderick is building for me now, a recurve that's a two-piece. Um, I'm not 100% exactly what they're going to call that company. Um, I do know that it, it shot a 600 grain arrow at like 189 uh, at 30 inches of draw. It might have been 194. I can't remember. So it's pretty fast, very stable. Uh, but uh, having said all of that, I only shot a recurve for a year. Um, it's not like I'm as knowledgeable as other people, um, like the, the Clums, um, the Rocky Mountain Specialty Gear. Those guys are the masters. Uh, you know, Matt Davis, uh, he's, he's pretty up on all things trad uh joel turner uh he seems to obviously know what he's doing those are guys to come to i i just shot what worked for me what i hit with and what arrows flew good and i mean i i'm really only repeating what the guys at rocky mountain told me i just got lucky enough to kill a bunch of animals with it um i'm probably not the best guy to ask for advice other than i know the bow hits really good for me so all right awesome Okay, next question comes from Jared Adams. He wants to know what you think about the AccuBo, and do you think it's he thinks it's more beneficial just to shoot his bow, but what do you think about the AccuBo since it's all the rage right now? Man, I, having having ha, I've not used the AccuBo. Um I I man, I, it's for a good cause. It, it sounds like they donate a lot to um you know to to cancer. Um you know, the guy that founded it um Rick Cerrone, and I, I don't know the entire story of all of that, but um, for me, if, if I don't um, practice working out like lifting, I just go lift. And so, <laughs> and, not trying to be a smartass, but I just shoot my bow. 
I'm not saying the Acubo is bad. It may be great. I have never used the Acubo. I, I've never even had one in my hand, so I cannot judge it. I just, we shoot so much, yeah. Frank and I, every day, and at least an hour. Well, I say every day. Every day, weather permits or we can get indoors, which is probably five days a week for, I would say, 100 arrows on average, I would I would guess, wouldn't you? Yeah. yeah. Um, I just don't, I don't need something to help me, um, you know, draw or get used to drawing my bow or holding or whatever. I'm sure it's a great, um, you know, product for some. It's just for me, I'm just going to keep shooting my bow. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, I mean, I, I definitely support anything that has to do with staying in shape and stuff like that. I mean, it is beneficial, but yeah, I agree. We, we do shoot the, our bows quite often, so I don't know if it's something that's necessarily for us, but I don't think it's a bad thing. Yeah, for sure. Um, I don't know that I you have any take more. any take over. Yeah. What questions you got? Um, some of these I'm skipping that are super controversial cause I don't want to deal with that shit right now. Um, one was, um, then this isn't a controversial one, but one asked, uh, why don't I take wilderness athlete? Why do I take mountain ops? Is it worth the money? And what are my daily supplements? This was actually a book this guy sent and I've actually convinced it down. And I, I think his name's Dale Evan, Wright. Is, uh, I think I'm pronouncing the last name correctly. Evan, Wright. Um, and he, he basically just asked, should I buy mountain ops or wilderness athlete? Why do I take one or the other? And then what supplements do I take? And, and I don't take a lot of supplements. Um, and, uh, I guess I'll cover what I take from mountain ops first. Uh, I, I take pretty much all of their proteins, but I generally don't drink protein shakes unless it's blended. And I put protein peanut butter, powdered peanut butter in with it and ice and almond milk. And I blend it up in this like, uh, magic bullet. Um, it's just a blender. Uh, I take the, the probiotics, uh, from mountain ops. I take a fish oil pill, uh, twice a day that I get from vitamin cottage. Uh, it's, you can get it at whole foods. You can get it at a bunch of different places. Um, I also take uh, a calcium, um, pill that, uh, I've recently started taking that. Uh, and I take, uh, vitamin C and vitamin D every day. Uh, and I don't, I don't really take a multivitamin because I take enough other crap that it probably equals up to a multivitamin. But again, I'm not a doctor. Um, you know, if you need a doctor, call the hospital. No, if you need, if I think, what is it? A healthy hunter? What is, what tells the one with uh stealthy hunter? I have no clue. What they got a podcast. Uh, yeah, I wish we probably had our shit together a little bit more for this question, but, <laughs> um, stealthy hunter and his wife, um, who's a doctor are probably far better to talk about this than anyone else. Um, I just, for me, I try and eat really healthy. I, I try not, no gluten, keep the sugar, well, keep processed sugars to a zero, minimum or zero, um, you know, processed wheat, obviously I try not to eat any of that. Uh, and then, you know, it helps the fact that, that Amy cooks for Frank and I both, um, because she cooks super healthy Yeah. and, uh, and that's a big, big deal. So I think just eating healthy, drink lots of water and then, uh, you know, some general different supplements are, are big. I, t I take Enduro or Emergency uh, with my water. Um, I don't take Yeti. I do take Ignite from Mountain Ops sometimes. Um, and generally, I just have those little single serve, serve packets in my pack. And if I need like a, a quick pick me up, I just I actually pour it in my mouth and down it with water and chase it with water. Um, hmm. That doesn't really work for everybody. Um, I saw Cody Covey blow that shit out of his nose in the <laughs> he truck. He probably inhaled it. Oh, dude, I, I could see dust flying out of his nose like Puff the Magic Dragon. Um, <laughs> it was pretty comical. Um, as far as Wilderness Athlete, um, at one time I was actually sponsored by Wilderness Athlete. They make a good product as well. 
I cannot really comment on any of the products they make because I just flat out haven't taken them. Um, I don't even know their entire line. Uh, I get along really good with Cody over there at uh, the Outdoorsman. He and I have been friends forever. Um, you know, I, I use Outdoorsman tripods and, and their heads and everything else a ton. Um, but I can't really comment on Wilderness Athlete because I just haven't used their product. And, and the mostly just because I get along with Jordan and Casey at Mountain Ops. They're cool dudes. And um, so that's what I'm running when I, you know, for the for the products that they make. Um, now, what you, Frank, you basically take whatever's in my cupboard, don't you? <laughs> I don't take as many supplements as you. Um, I, I do drink the Mountain Ops protein. Well, you're young. The, yeah, the BCAAs every once in a while. And then How some, old is your girlfriend, Frank? I don't have a girlfriend currently. <laughs> oh, good Lord. Um, <laughs> shh, shh. Um, so I take the I take the Mountain Ops protein. Uh, <laughs> please stop. Oh, good Lord. Um, anyway. Anyway, so I, yeah, I don't, I haven't, uh, I haven't ever tried the, the wilderness at least up. Um, we're great friends with Casey and Jordan, Matt Davis and David DeAustin and, um, Sarah over there at, at, at Mountain Ops. So I like supporting, um, friends in the industry as well. And for me, like I said, I don't take a whole lot of, of, of supplements as is. So the, what they have, um, works out for me. Just spam. Actually. Yeah. Spam gives me my weekly dose of sodium in one serving, uh, <laughs> I actually started buying this stuff from um, Whole Foods and Natural Grocers called Acclimate. Apparently, it's been on the market forever. It's supposed to kind of help you with high altitude. I don't know if it does or doesn't, but I took it because it sounded like it did. <laughs> and, and a lot of uh, – I will say there's some pretty much uh, gimmicky uh, products online. Um, there's different ways to test some things. And again, I'm not a doctor. I'm sure several doctors will hop on here and tell me I'm wrong. So – by all means, if you know way more than I do, please comment because I this is how I will test a lot of different products. Um, apple cider vinegar is supposed to mimic, and I take a shot of apple cider vinegar every day. It tastes like shit. It's horrible. Um, apple cider vinegar. Do you take I, it with water? No, I just slam it um, with and with. I actually have sea salt that I put in there too. But uh, that's supposed to mimic sort of the the acids in your stomach. So if you take uh, a pill that. Um, Let's, whatever pill you're taking for the day, whether it be glucosamine, calcium, uh, multivitamin, take a shot glass, put apple cider vinegar in there, drop that pill in there and time how long it takes to dissolve. Uh, and you can break this. You can look at this on Google and it'll tell you how to do it as well. After a certain amount of time, and if, it, it, if it hasn't dissolved, it's not going to dissolve in your stomach, which means you're going to shit out the same pill you took in, which means it did absolutely <laughs> nothing for you. So if the um, the pill isn't breaking down in apple cider vinegar, um, and that this is how I've based it, maybe I've been doing it wrong the entire time. If it hasn't broken down inside that, that means it's not going to break down inside your stomach, which means you're not getting anything out of it. Um, when it comes to a probiotic, which is why I like the Mountain Ops one, uh, is if you just throw the pills in milk, um, if the milk turns into uh, not cottage cheese, but like yogurt, and it that means it's actually working. And again, if, if, and I'm sure there's going to be people listening that know more than I do. That is what I've always based that off of is if you, if you just throw it in milk and it hardens up, that means the probiotic is, is working well. Now I could be wrong and I could be taking this stuff for no reason, but that's how I've always based it off of, I, I mean, generally. Uh, so as far as that goes, a lot of the, the BS between the wilderness athlete mountain op stuff, um, I would imagine, 
a lot of that's because mountain co- mountain ops came on so strong um, and they grew so fast and so big. It was in everybody's faces. People got tired of it um, because it was always in their face. I don't get, a, I mean, I don't, I don't, uh, this is, I don't do that. This is how I conquer shit. I don't, I'm not a selfie taker. Um, I just, I like Casey and Jordan. They've been great to me. They're great people. Uh, they've always supported Kafaro and supported me and Frank and the supplements that they offer that I like, I take. It is that simple. I don't take wilderness athlete because I just don't have a relationship with them. Like I do mountain ops. They've just always been great to us. Like Frank said. So, um, I guess stop that before it starts. If anybody is trying to stir up any shit. <laughs> <laughs> yep, there's a lot of good people for that. Um, not that this is completely related, but uh, I think a good podcast to listen to if you're wondering about health and diet. I, I heard about it on Joe Rogan's podcast, um, Dr. Rhonda Patrick. Have, mm-hmm. you, have you heard of her? Oh, yeah. Yeah, she's super smart. So I, I listen to all of her stuff. She doesn't put out a whole lot of content, but I listen to all of her, all of her podcasts. And um, I don't follow a specific diet, but I listen to uh, about um, time-restricted eating and eating like between 8 and 10 hours a day. That's supposed to be super healthy for you, so I've been trying to do that. But so explain that. that better, Frank, because if you said that, I'm to probably me, butchering this, and it's going to sound supposed ridiculous. To eat between what time and what time? Well, you're supposed. To, it doesn't really matter about what time. It just from an eight to ten hour period, and preferably during daylight hours. So you have something called your circadian clock or circadian rhythms, which follows the sunlight during the day, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, and Basically, during the nighttime, your body repairs itself. And if you eat, you know, if you eat before you go to bed or if you're eating past that eight to 10 hour time period. Um, Does that time period start at four in the morning or at sunlight? Well, it can start whenever you want it to. Um, but it's mainly beneficial to eat between the eight and the 10 hours, entire hour period. So and that starts with like your morning cup of coffee. I'm probably screwing this up completely, so I would definitely go. And she has two podcasts about it with a with a researcher. Um, I can't remember his name, but um, I would definitely listen to those. I thought it was pretty beneficial to. It's very interesting. It it it's, uh, gives you some major health benefits. So I, I probably I, screwed that up completely. So I think coming from the the you know heavy weightlifting side of things, um, in uh, some of the false information you get and then what you learn maybe later on um, when you start to lean out and, and uh, um, what am I trying to say here? You, there's going to be certain, certain things you want to do differently. Maybe if you're powerlifting compared to if you're long distance running again, neither Frank nor I are doctors. The one thing I found if you're a fat kid, starved cardio worked well for me, meaning I don't eat until eight or nine o'clock in the morning. Um, I do my workout and everything else. Um, no food on my stomach. Um, if you can keep from binge eating, which is the negative side of that, or I'll just say there was a negative side for me. Um, you can keep from binge eating, meaning when you do finally eat, you don't overeat. Uh, I found that to work well for a while for me to cut weight down, um, with starved cardio in the morning. I think what Frank's trying to get at is if you say your day starts that 10 hour period at eight o'clock in the morning, um, you know, your day ends at six o'clock, meaning your final meal is at six. Um, I, I will say that I have found great luck with not eating carbs past six o'clock at night. So if you're hungry at eight, that you eat um, just protein, not not carbohydrates. Um, but again, I don't get too, I don't get my head too wrapped around in this shit. I just try not to eat processed carbs, processed sugars. I drink a lot of water, try to eat well-balanced meals, and I try to eat a lot of 
smaller meals. I'm and, not a big meal eater. Um, although you avoid Amy, the spam. I, I avoid the spam, um, but I don't. I don't get too wrapped up into um, maybe as much as some other people do. If if I'm if my I look at it like a vehicle, right? I mean, if if my body is running at max potential, I'm not too sore. Um, you know, I'm not breathing too heavy. I'm flying up the side of the mountain. Um, then I and I'm not like crashing with energy. Then the diet I'm 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 currently on or what I'm currently eating is working. If I'm constantly hungry, my body's sore, then I probably need to up some of my, you know, fats, protein, fat, protein, things like that. I just, I don't get as wrapped up into it as a lot of people. Not to say you shouldn't. I just, maybe I'm not smart enough. Yeah. Yeah. So if, if, uh, since I probably screwed up that explanation, I'd just go listen to her podcast, Dr. Rhonda Patrick. She has two podcasts about it. Well, the one thing that was intriguing to me is I think if you eat between eight and nine hours a day, it, it increases your um, endurance for like cardio activities. Um, and if you do it up to 10 hours a day, it increases your, your muscle, um, muscle mass, I guess it was. So I don't know, but yeah, go listen to it. I probably screw that up. Um, so I don't want to, I'm probably talking out of my ass at this point, but yeah, it happens. Man, I keep getting these like porn things on my Instagram. <laughs> Start to bug me. Like I'm getting sure that's not your search history. Five a day. Maybe that's what it's coming from. <laughs> Found it like they're Googling my search history. There's some kind of algorithm that's like, oh, this guy may accept this. Leave me alone, people. Um, all right. So uh, next question, um, which this is this kind of is a, a broad question, but um, I'm going to try to lump all these into one. There was multiple people that emailed in. Um, Justin Stark is a good example. Why I didn't talk about a specific broadhead um, when we were talking about him the other day. And several people... Uh, email when I say several I think there was 17 in this file that had asked what broadhead they should shoot and what they currently shoot and why haven't I tried that um, I can only show, shoot so many different you know broadheads one that was brought up was the shuttle t-lock which is a great broadhead I haven't shot it in a few years um, but uh, again as a general rule of thumb um, for broadheads if your setup does not have a large amount of or a decent amount of momentum um, in kinetic energy you should probably shoot a fixed blade cut on contact head and, and make sure it's a good one. And there's several good fixed blades on the market today. Uh, one of the reasons I shoot the cutthroat, I like it obviously is because I know the clums, uh, I know they produce, wouldn't produce a bad product, meaning guys at Rocky mountain specialty gear. And so I, I shot it with my trad bow and I'm shooting it through my compound. Um, the iron will outfitter head. The reason why we talked about that, the guy brought some down for us to try out and they hit good. Um, you know, it's not like companies, a lot of this shit we have to buy. Um, and Frank and I neither are inherently wealthy. Um, and so it's not like we can go out and buy a lot of these different products to test. If we could get them and we could afford them to test, we would. And as time goes on, we'll test more. But it wasn't like we were discrediting any other broadhead on the market that we didn't break up like a slick trick. Um, you know, and there's multiple other ones people emailed us about, like, why don't you bring these up or why haven't you tried this? It's a simple fact of sometimes what we use is what was given to us or what we knew to be good from someone else. And that's what we get. Um, you know, but as far as like a blanket statement, not a lot of momentum, kinetic energy, whatever, shoot a cut on contact fixed blade, uh, a lot of momentum, you know, you can use pretty much whatever you want. Uh, and I, I guess hopefully that answers a lot of these questions because I could all blank them, blanket them into that for the most part. Um, I mean, Frank, you, you, um, you're pretty much just using more or less what I was using 
or, or what you knew to be good. It's not like you tried out 50 of them or anything. You just tried out three or four and used what you like. Is that correct? Yeah, yeah. I mean, we're, we get this, we got the same broadheads to test out. So it's not like we really had anything different to test out. Um, I really liked the kill zone broadhead. So that's what I went with this year. And then I had a few strikers in my quiver as well for the fixed blades. And they both shot well at, at extended range. So I was happy with them. Gotcha. Okay, cool. All right, next question. Um, Aaron, I'm looking at buying a headlamp and it looks like. All right, he's just basically, this guy's asking what headlamp he should buy. And let me tell you what, there is a multitude of headlamps on the market today. Um, I believe the one I'm using is the Black Diamond Spot. I also have a, a Black Diamond, or excuse me, a Petzl um, RXP or Mayo RXP. I've got a bunch of different headlamps. Um, what's that one I have that takes that big battery out of Texas? Uh, right. It's not the zebra lights. Yeah, the zebras. We use this. We have the zebra lights. Um, you know, I don't. I don't know that there's such a thing as a bad or good headlamp. Ronell on a recent podcast was making fun of the one I use because it's too difficult. Uh, well, let me tell you. How could a uh, headlamp be difficult? I like Ronella, but I consider him to be a relatively intelligent person. I find it hard to believe that that, that headlamp is too difficult for him to use. But you do have to hold the button down to make the red light come on, um, and. Uh, I, I, I like that spot. You can touch the side. It brightens up. But there's a ton of different um, headlamps on the market. I don't think you can go wrong with any one. I would look at the, um, you know, if you look at reviews on, uh, you know, REI or backpacking forms or whatever. Um, if it's got, uh, I like a higher lumen output. Um, so, you know, I'd like 210, 220, 230. Some of those uh, zebra lights are like eight to 1200 or something ridiculous. Um, but you want to match it off of what else, the batteries of what else is in your pack, meaning you really don't want a triple A headlamp if everything else you run and runs double A's or vice versa. So that's something to take into consideration too. Meaning if you're running, um, a GPS that takes double A's, um, you know, you're running a, a Steripin, which is something I'll cover in the next question, a Steripin and it takes double A's, um, or whatever, you probably want to find a headlamp if you can to take double A's. That way you're not carrying two different types of batteries and you can swap back and forth. Like if your your uh, headlamp goes down, you take them out of your stirrup pin, put them in your headlamp. So I would base it off of that as well. Uh, but just look at the reviews on some of these. Look at the lumen output. Uh, does it have a red lens? You know, I'm a big fan of red lenses because I usually walk in on a red lens if I can't uh, see in the, with just with illumination of the moonlight or whatever. Um and I, I and again, I, I don't know in this day and age that you can make a piss poor headlamp for over fifty bucks. If you're spending fifty dollars on a headlamp from a reputable company, I don't know if it's going to be a bad one. It's really going to be up to each person. Yeah, I agree. Um, I'm using a black diamond icon. You've used that one before, haven't you? Yeah, and I, I I actually on that icon had it fall apart on me, and there's a little um, insert that the screw goes through to hold the headlamp on. And then that insert falls out. If it backs out, it's, it's in it, in out, you've turned it into a flashlight. It will not stay on your head. And so that one went on my shit list. Um, <laughs> cause it was hanging like a dingle ball off my forehead, like a wind chime swinging back and forth. Cause I had to duct tape it. It didn't work well for me. That's funny. Yeah. I haven't had any trouble with it, but funny uh, like, ha ha. <laughs> yeah. You've told me about that several times. Like that thing's probably going to fall apart, but, um, I probably won't change it until it does. <laughs> Anyway, uh, good Lord. All right. So the next question, um, which <laughs> the Steripin, which I, I, 
without me going on like a huge rant about pumps, filters, Steripens, Aquamira, um, this question, uh, and it's a little bit longer, um, why would I use, basically asking why would I use a Steripen? Um, I got Giardia this year. That should tell me that it doesn't work and I should use a pump. Um, well, we didn't get Giardia from something we did with the Steripen. We got Giardia from camp water that we didn't use any filtration at all. Um, the reason why I use a Steripen is I did a very, very in-depth test, probably the most in-depth I've ever heard of, on pretty much all water filters, purification systems, drops, and pills a few years ago where I actually had contaminated water. And I was able to test that it was contaminated, use all the different filters, um, you know, all the different um, options on the market, um, you know, freeze the different things, like basically run it through the gamut, like throw the filters in the freezer, then pump them, see what would work, what wouldn't. And what I found was the only thing that actually worked every time, all the time, uh, as a system was a Steripen. Um, Aquamira is a, another thing we use, which is a drop that does very well, but it doesn't get the, the ickies out of it. It doesn't get the debris out. Um, but with that Steripen, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say Squidwards. Squidwards. Uh, yeah, if you have um, mosquito larva, Steripen's not going to kill it. It's still going to be squiggling around. Um, other people brought up that, um, you know, that the Steripen doesn't kill certain different things. Um which is true, but if it, it may not kill them, but it does not allow them to breed. So it doesn't matter if it's in your stomach or not. You still can't get sick from it. So, uh, again, um, the contaminated water I had did not have every contamination in it. It, it tested positive for basically um, Giardia. And we also had another water that tested, and I think I'm pronouncing it correctly, Cryptosporidium. It was uh, it tested positive for that, and what I found was cross contamination was one of the worst things that happens for a pump. So if you're listening, raise your hand if you pump your water and then just stuff your um, your input and your outflow all together in the same bag and throw it in your pack. That was the number one reason was cross contamination that a pump did not do it for me because I'm lazy and a lot of times. One hose is touching the other, which, you know, is cross-contamination. If you're really good about that, um, then it's a non-issue. Uh, James Pecker just got a horrible case of Giardia from cross-contamination on a pump. The other thing is, is a lot of times we just have seeps, like just tiny little drips. And we put our Nalgene bottle below it and it'll fill up. And then we use the Steripin where if I only had one Nalgene and I let it drip into that, it would take a lot of redneck ingenuity for me to pump it out of my... Um, Nalgene bottle into something else and I also would be pumping contaminated water out of my Nalgene into something else and then pouring it back into the Nalgene I just had contaminated water in which is like cross-contamination. I am not a doctor. I do not profess to be but I do know that the, the way that we run our system which is we'll have a big bladder empty in the pack and then a Nalgene bottle the Steripen and Aquamira or MSR water drop, something like that is the best system. Um, and again, sometimes I'll take my ice axe, you know, dig a drain and then um, let the water drip into that Nalgene and then Steripen it. I use a cap cap from Human Gear, which has basically two lids, meaning the lid my mouth is touching has not been contaminated. Um, and I, I, again, there was just a lot of blowback because we got Giardia about this Steripen and guys were saying it was voodoo or whatever. Well, the earth was flat at one point in time. Um, uh, 
To some people, it still is. Yes, exactly. But we did find out the earth was round. And uh, it just works really, really well for me, um, that system. Um, you can use um, like a, a filter um, for the debris on analgene to you still use a steropin. I don't. I don't worry too much about, you know, drinking leaves. And we drank out of um, basically a... I mean, it was an elk wallow, basically, right? It, and I said it tasted like Badusi, right? The water, it was bad. It tasted like, literally, it, it tasted like an, an elk peepee, uh, a female elk vagina. It was horrible. Um, and guys were like, oh, you should have used a pump. Well, I guess you've never pumped out of a, um, you know, like an elk wallow, because I have. Do you really think that the, those little straws, filters, fibers, and all that other crap gets the taste out? Because you would be wrong. Um, like, as wrong as, you know, two boys humping on the White House, wrong, law and wrong. Like, it still tastes <laughs> like crap. So it wouldn't matter if you pumped it, uh, filtered it, whatever. It still tastes bad. So it's not like that swayed me to use a pump because I have pumped out of elk walls. It tastes just as bad. Uh, the reason why I don't use things like the Sawyer Squeeze filter anymore is once that is a, I think they call it a hollow fiber filter, uh, which is why it pumps through so fast. If there's water in those um, little tubes or fibers and it freezes, uh, you might as well not even have it. And since we deal with pretty cold temps up in the high altitude, I uh, I don't mess with those like a Sawyer squeeze, an MSR hyperflow, things like that. Uh, just for the simple fact, once it freezes, it's it's worthless. So hopefully that covered the most of that. If you use a pump out there, I pumps do work well. I'm not saying they don't. It's just not something that I, I use. And um, Frank, you use kind of the same thing I do, don't you? Yeah, same system. I, I do have a, an MSR pump, but honestly, I since I bought it, I haven't even used it just because the system that we use works pretty well. Um, I did have a, a Sawyer squeeze a few years ago, and I had no clue about, which now it seems kind of obvious, but I had no clue about if it froze, that it expands those membranes. But um, ever since I started using the Serapan, which I have the, the Ultra model, um, it takes a rechargeable cord or whatever. Um that it's worked well. And then I always use the MSR, um, tablets or whatever else is available as far as tablets go. And it, it works, it works pretty well for me. So, yeah. And, and again, we didn't get Giardia. It was, it was from the camp water. Um, all the other people in camp, you know, that were they're from Canada, they got tested when they were up in Canada, they did the stool sample. It was all from, you know, how do they get a stool sample? Dude, it sucks. You got to poop in a cup. Yeah. It's like a banana tray looking thing, dude. I had to do it. Um, you know, I, it's, it, you do feel, I mean, it does t not Did only the you poop on your hand. No, but I was worried about it. Um, you know, I, there was some planning, pre-planning going on. Oh, to angles. You can't scoop it out of the toilet. Huh? Well, and I'm not exactly flexible either. Right. <laughs> I got to wipe from the front. So it's not like I can reach around or whatever. It's a little bit difficult for me, but I got it done. I didn't give up. Never quit. Keep uh, hammering. Yeah. Uh, That's so great. I think we covered, uh, that one pretty well. Um, and then, okay, so last question. So this doesn't last too long. Uh, this 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 podcast. We're trying to keep these below one hour. Um, guys that asked me about photography gear, and 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 I'm talking hundreds and hundreds of questions about getting into photography. We and we bring it up all the time. What camera to get? We talked about it the other day um, a little bit as far as you know buying maybe a used camera with good glass if you're getting into it, um, but. You know, quickly, guys have asked, like, I've went back and forth from Sony to Canon to Nikon to Sony. Um, if you're going to drop money on the big, big dollars, 
what would I choose? And uh, I guess what I would say is I'm going to wait. Um, I've got the new Nikon D850 coming. Frank, looks like you are inheriting my A7R2s, aren't you? I am very thankful for that because there's no way I'd ever be able to afford something like yeah. that on my own. Yeah, so um, I'll, I'll be doing a full um, kind of, a, I guess I would say, redneck review of a mountain hunter on the Nikon D850 versus the Sony uh, like A7R2 and 3. Uh, as well as like I've had the Canon 5D Mark IV. Frank, look to your left. Uh, Canon 5D Mark IV um, and uh, Canon 5D Mark III. I've run all the different Sonys. Um, I've run uh, uh, several of the Olympus cameras, screwed around some of the Pentax. I had a Nikon D810 and 750. Um, and there's a reason. Is that a yay or nay? Oh, sorry. I got distracted by something walking beside us on the in the window here. Um as as why would you would choose one or the other because there's there's pros and cons to all of them you got the weight issue with some of the bigger cameras like a 5d4 and 850 uh you've got battery issues with the a7r2 it looks like the three fixed it some you've got an exposed sensor with some of the sony's um some overheating issues with issues with the a7r2 um you know but as far as like for me why i would pick one or the other for the photography um the type of photos i take um, you know, you're not going to have a great wildlife. Uh, if you're a wildlife photographer, a Sony's probably not. Sony's probably not the best. Uh, I'm just going to say it. There was like a solid eight, 8.5 that just walked by. I'm a sucker for blondes. And uh, I just had to get Frank's attention. I'm a brunette guy myself. Um, <laughs> she was top heavy. <laughs> um, sorry. Uh, that's probably, we're going to get some blowback from that one. Um, not from the blondes, okay. Just <laughs> uh, you get um, you're not going to have a great wildlife camera with uh, A7R2, in my opinion. Uh, just for the simple fact, it, it does not. Um, you don't you don't have any big lenses for it without running some type of an adapter. You can get a one to four hundred that's out now that's pretty good, um, but you're not going to really have something like Canon or Nikon offers for wildlife photography. Um, you start to get into really technical stuff, uh, you know, as far as high and low ISO, what, you know, when it gets grainy at higher ISO, some of you guys probably won't understand what I'm talking about exactly. Um, you, you know, where the dynamic range, um, how much dynamic range you do have, meaning, um, how much you can lift some of the shadows, um, the frames per second, how many frames per second you have, how quick the buffer fills up, like how many times if it says seven frames per second, but you can only wrap off 15 photos before the buffer fills up um, or 20 or whatever. Um, I'm wrapping through this super fast. I'll go into a much more in-depth podcast, at least on my knowledge base, um, into the super high-end cameras as well as point and shoots. Um, and then try again to kind of go over... Um, photography, um, how to operate your camera, camera, shutter speed, f-stop, uh, ISO, uh, metering, white balance, all the important things for taking a great photo. I'll try to go into all of that, uh, on a different podcast. I just, I want to get that 850 here, uh, and get a little bit more time between behind the a7R3 to do a realistic review. Um, I do, I got, I, I ordered, um, I, I, I swapped over. I made the decision already from the limited use I had of the 850. So Frank inherited my A7R2s and all my, my Zeiss lenses. Um, and then I'm going to be running an 850. But uh, to speak intelligently about it again, I want to use it a little bit more because um, I do know people are dropping quite some big money on camera gear. And I, I don't want to say anything incorrectly. But I was very impressed with that that Nikon D850. 
um, and what it offered, uh, as well as, um, you know, I, I did order a 600 millimeter lens for wildlife photography. Frank may have to help me carry that up. That the thing mountain. is a tank. It's going to be badass. Yeah. So I'm pretty excited about that. Um, so yeah, I'll get into that more in, in more detail later. I just kind of want to touch on it cause I had kind of overwhelming amount of photography questions. And as far as videography, I'm not your guy. Um, Dallas Haymeyer, who's super cool. We were on a hunt recently together. Um, Grady Rawls, Brian, uh, with the Grady Bowman is another guy. There's a, a ton of people out there better than me with, uh, as far as the video side of things. Um, Brian Broderick with Lost Arrow Films. He's a, a pretty much a, a genius when it comes to videography. I'm a photo guy. I don't think that will change. I can hardly remember to turn the damn GoPro on. Um, I did not do Brian any favors with videoing this year. I did manage to get the mule deer stock on video, but truthfully, I'm not a video guy. Photo is my thing. And I, and, and I mean, that's where my heart's at. So definitely contact somebody else about uh, the video side of things. Frank, you got anything to add? I don't know shit about cameras. He does run auto a lot. <laughs> Frank, what did you inherit yesterday uh, from me? I inherited a lot of awesomeness. Um, now, I don't use full-on auto. I've usually, I'm usually in aperture mode and auto ISO. Uh, but I'm learning. I have a good teacher, obviously, to show me the rope. So everything I've learned has basically been from you. So um, that definitely helps expedite the, the learning process. But I'm not going to lie to people and act like I know what I'm talking about. So I'll leave that all up to you. Um, oh yeah, I can do the lion for you. Don't worry about that. <laughs> you do. You have been getting some pretty badass photos. You've been running that uh, Sony A A sixty five hundred. Yeah, I love that A sixty five hundred. It's it's just um, it's lightweight. It's packable. It's, it's simple. Um, but from the looks of it, the A seven R two isn't as isn't very different as far as the layout goes. So not not too um, much. I no, think that actually helps me quite a bit. But um, I did inherit a lot of lenses and stuff yesterday, so I'm pretty happy about that. And hopefully, I get some more cool photos. You better, or I'll steal that shit back from you. <laughs> oh, Lord. All right. I'm well, going to sell it and get a badass bumper for my 4Runner. No, I'm just kidding. I, right, Frank's got this bumper infatuation probably because he was riding dirty on the Dodge with no bumper. I didn't for have so a bumper long. on my Dodge for like five years. It was like a chick magnet, though. They'd be like, hey, do you need a bumper? And he would be like, hey, can I offer you a fish sandwich? <laughs> Good Lord. Uh, yeah. All right. We should, on that note, we should go before we get into more trouble. Thanks for tuning in, everyone. Uh, we'll be back at you hopefully tomorrow, unless we get too busy at work, and we'll do a podcast the day after. Yeah, don't forget about the uh, giveaway. Give us a review on iTunes, and we'll pick a winner here in a couple weeks for the uh, prototype pack. And it has to be a good review, or you will not get picked. <laughs> Have a great day. See ya.